The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich has been talked about by people in many different ways, but first and foremost, she's the author of an extraordinary text, The Revelations, which is the earliest known text authored by a woman in English. Personally, she has been a friend and companion in my Christian life for over 30 years. I'm the Reverend David Simmons, Episcopal priest and oblate in the Order of Julian of Norwich. Thank you for joining me as we read and pray through the works of this extraordinary woman of faith and explore what she has to teach us about God's love. Welcome to Love Was His Meaning, reading and praying with Julian of Norwich. We're up to chapter 76. To begin this morning, let's say the little office that is linked to in the description. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make good your vows to the Most High. Let us join together in Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. I call upon you from the ends of the earth with heaviness in my heart. Set me upon the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. I will dwell in your house forever. I will take refuge under the cover of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have granted me the heritage of those who fear your name. At length of days to the king's life, let his years extend over many generations. Let him sit enthroned before God forever. Bid love and faithfulness watch over him, so will I always sing the praise of your name, and day by day I will fulfill my vows. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us say together a prayer of Julian. God, of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough to me, and I can ask nothing that is less that can be full honor to you. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always be in want, for only in you have I all. Amen. So here we are in chapter 76 of the Revelations. I speak but little of reverent fear, for I hope it can be understood in the previous manner. But I am well aware that our Lord showed me no souls except those who fear him. I am also well aware that the soul that truly accepts the teaching of the Holy Spirit hates sin more for its vileness and horribleness than it does all the pain that is in hell. For the soul that beholds the good na nature of our Lord Jesus hates not hell, but sin as I see it. And therefore, it is God's will that we recognize sin and pray diligently and labor willingly and seek teaching humbly so that we do not fall blindly into sin. And if we fall, that we rise quickly, for it is the worst pain that the soul can have to turn from God any time there is sin. When other men's sins come to mind, the soul that wishes to be in repose shall flee from that, as from the pain of hell searching in God for remedy for help against it. For the beholding of other men's sins makes, as it were, a thick mist before the eye of the soul, and we cannot for the time see the fairness of God unless we can behold another's sins with contrition with him, with compassion on him, and with holy desire to God for him. For without this, it troubles and tempts and hinders the soul that beholds those sins. This I understood in the showing about compassion. 
In this blessed showing of our Lord, I have an understanding of two opposites. The one is the most wisdom that any creature can do in this life. The other is the most folly. The wisdom is for a creature to act according uh, to act following the will and counsel of his highest supreme friend. This blessed friend is Jesus, and it is his will and his counsel that we bind ourselves with him and fix ourselves intimately to him evermore in whatever state we are. For whether we are filthy or pure, we are always the same in his love. For well or for woe, he wills that we never flee from him. However, because of our changeability within ourselves, we fall frequently into sin. Then we have this temptation by the guidance of our enemy through our own folly and blindness. For they say thus, You are well aware that you are a wretch, a sinner, and also untrue, for you do not keep the covenant. You promise our Lord frequently that you will do better, and immediately afterwards you fall into the same, especially sloth, into the wasting of time. For that is the beginning of sin, as I see it, and especially to the creatures who have given themselves to serve our Lord with inner contemplation of his blessed goodness. And this makes us fearful to appear before our gracious Lord. Then it is our enemy he will set us back with his false fear concerning our sinfulness because of the pains with which he threatens us. It is his intention to make us so gloomy and so weary in this that we should forget the fair, blessed beholding of our everlasting friend. Okay, so we continue uh, this theme of talking about sin and um, and its effect on us. Uh, she speaks little of reverent fear, although she's actually kind of written quite a bit about here. here. But what we have to remember, a good translation for this reverent fear, as I've said in previous chapters, is, is awe. Uh, that's that's the, the good fear, the, the fear that just simply recognizes that God is God and we are not. Um, and that's th this idea of this reverent fear or, or awe of the divine. Um, and the soul that accepts the teaching of the Holy Spirit hates sin more for its vileness and horribleness than it does all the pain that is in hell. So this is a kind of going off the track for somebody in medieval periods, because in the medieval period, um, most people would have articulated that the reason you didn't sin was because you didn't want to end up in hell. You'll, I mean, you'll still hear this. This is what it's all about. She turns that on her head and says, no, the, the reason why you hate sin is for its very nature. It's not because of punishment that, that occurs after we die or, or, or however that works out. It's because of what it does to us right now. It's because it, it mars the relationship between ourselves and our creator, our friend, as she'll say later. So we hate not hell but sin, as she sees it. That, that we, we, we get ourselves wrong when we're, um, we're in, in, in fear of hell because we need to start with the fear of sin. Um, then she goes into this section of beholding other men's sins makes a thick mist before the eye of the soul, and we cannot for the time see the fairness of God. This is going back to that whole idea of judging not lest ye, ye be judged. Um, she's saying that when we spend our time obsessing about the fear, the the, the sin of another, that it literally puts a blinder in front of us and we're no longer able to see God. It puts a thick mist before our eyes and, and we're not able to behold it because we're obsessed with this sin of the other. Unless, she says, we can behold another sin with contrition with him. In other words, if the other person is telling us about their struggles with sin, 
then that's a completely different thing. Then we're we're standing with them and 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 helping them through a uh, a process in their lives. But otherwise, uh, us spending our times looking at other people's sin and trying to define it uh, creates nothing but a, a haze in front of us between us and God. Um, the wisdom is for a creature to act following the will and counsel of his highest supreme friend. Going back to this language from John of I call I no longer call uh, call I don't call you slaves but I call you friends. So we are friends of God and she uses this language an awful lot here uh, just to remind us that we have that kind of intimate uh, relationship with God and with Jesus in in uh, Jesus is God but but with with all of the holy trinity um is 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 an intimate relationship. Um, and then we have the temptation by the guidance of our enemy through our own folly and blindness. For they say thus, you are well aware that you're a wretch, a sinner, and also untrue. So this is this is the devil speaking. You're, and also um, folly and blindness. So like our internal monologue. Uh, you're a wretch, a sinner, and also untrue. For you don't keep the covenant. You promise that you will do better. And immediately afterwards you fall into the same, especially sloth into the wasting of time. So... Um, uh, this in some ways is kind of, uh, reminds me a lot of the screw tape letters uh, by C.S. Lewis, this idea of, um, it really doesn't take much, you know, when, when in the screw tape letters, the conceit is that there's a senior devil who is instructing a junior devil through a series of letters, uh, in, in order to tell him how to, to, to tempt us. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that he says at one point is you really don't have to do much. All you really have to do is kind of push them, just give them a slight push, and they'll start vacillating back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and it'll get worse and worse and worse, because that's the way they work. And Julian's basically saying the same thing here, is one of our biggest problems is not the actual sin that we do, but the way we think about ourselves, that we are a wretch, a sinner, and also untrue, we don't keep the covenant, we promise our Lord frequently, uh, and then we fall in, back into sin. That's just the way things are. Um, you know, uh, earlier in the book we read that Jesus tells us that, that he, he looks at us with pity. <coughs> Sorry. With pity and not with blame. Uh, and this is going back to that. That idea that it doesn't matter if, if we, 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 yeah, we're going to fall back into sin. Uh, nobody manages to keep themselves pure. But if we just remember uh, that this is a tactic of, of talking about our wretchedness and our sinfulness and our inability. This is actually a tactic of the enemy uh, who sets us back with a false fear considering our sinfulness because our friend, Jesus, is always beholding us in a fair, blessed way. So we're, we're to um, live our lives. We're try, to try to avoid sin as much as we can understanding that we will always fail at that and we will always fall back into it and that Jesus will look at us not with pity, not with uh, blame, but with pity and accept us back. Let us say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I pray for peace in the world, especially in Sudan and in Ukraine, and I bid your prayers and intercessions at this time. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy Lord, the ground of our beseeching, who through your servant St. Julian revealed the wonder of your love, grant that as we are created in your nature and restored by your grace, our wills may be so made one with yours that we may come to see you face to face and gaze on you forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning this week. Uh, until we see you next time, take care and God bless. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning today. This podcast is generally available once a week on Thursday. The text of Julian's Revelations used in this podcast is The Complete Julian by Father John Julian Swanson OJN and is used by permission of the Order of Julian of Norwich. The theme music is Julian of Norwich by Bombadil and is used under license.